Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. Gosh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Oh well, I'm sure you've all perfectly remembered every detail of this sprawling and bizarre narrative and are perfectly prepared to pick up all of the ongoing story threads back up at What's that? You've forgotten absolutely everything except that the guide is a sweetie and stranger is annoying. Oh, oh dear, that's uh, that's going to be a... Uh, oh. oh, also that mother can do no wrong. Well, that, that's true. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that's fair. It's not like all of this constantly lives in your heads like it does in mine. All the time. Without end. Forever. <clears throat> Uh, I guess it'd be for the best if I gave you a little rundown of what's led us to this point before the final season begins. Oh, uh, this will be the final season, by the way. Sorry if I haven't mentioned that. Uh, so, the uh, the Mist Home Museum is the place where all of the world's strangest exhibits just kind of show up. Visitors to the museum are taken on tours guided by the artificial intelligence called the Audio Tour Guide, who prior to the beginning of our story, would routinely be destroyed after every tour, as it would otherwise break down after around half an hour or so. Tours would consist of the guide showing the patrons around to a few exhibits and telling their stories, things like a coin that brought bad luck to all who obtained it, uh, several artefacts belonging to a witch known as Auntie and her niece Amina, Uh, the bow ties of a man who suddenly found that copies of himself would appear every time he went to sleep. That sort of thing. Standard museum stuff. The audio tour guide also helped patrons and staff find their way around the museum, as its layout tends not to be consistent, and the written word is forbidden inside the museum, so maps and signs are out of the question. One day, however, this status quo was disrupted, when exhibits throughout the museum were suddenly released from their containment and all staff and patrons were sealed away in lockdown shelters so the security department could sort the situation out. The security department did not sort things out and so roughly three months after the lockdown began, it was still ongoing. Staff and patrons were still trapped and their supplies were dwindling. Then, unexpectedly, the museum received a new visitor who downloaded a copy of the audio tour guide and went on a tour of his own. The guide was confused, but determined that it was up to it and this visitor to lift the lockdown and rescue the trapped people. The guide was so confused, and also a little distracted by its ongoing deterioration, that it did not notice, until it was too late, that the person who it had been showing around the museum was the man with a voice like chocolate and coffee and honey all at once, a mercurial figure who has appeared in many Mistome exhibits. He tricked the guide into letting him into the staff-only area of the museum, where they reached the Auxiliary Security Monitoring Station. In the monitoring station, they found the dead body of a security officer named Brooks, whose task it had been 
to monitor the lockdown and who had apparently killed himself. At this point, the man abandoned his copy of the guide and left. While the man's motivations remain unknown, he did assist the guide in one matter. He uploaded his badly deteriorated copy of the guide to the box from which all copies are downloaded, thus updating all copies of the guide with the new self-awareness it had slowly gained over the course of their journey. Sometime later, the guide was found in the monitoring station by the clockwork mother, a security officer made of brass who protects the museum to keep her broken clockwork daughter safe. Together, the guide and mother determined that the man had performed a magical ritual of some sort, which turned all of the mirrors in the museum into portals to other worlds, or glassways as the museum's head of restoration calls them. Speaking of the head of restoration, the guide made contact with her upon being connected to the museum's antenna, which had the added bonus of connecting all copies of the guide into one distributed being. While the head of restoration was initially dismissive of her artificial rescuers, the guide and mother were eventually able to find a way to save her and all the others trapped by finding the device which came to be known as the Wish Engine, a colossal machine hidden in part of the museum in which all senses fail, which was previously unknown even to the staff and which can grant any wish. All patrons and staff with some sad exceptions, were brought back to the museum by the guide's wish. But they were not all brought back as they had been, and the museum's enigmatic curator was not brought back at all. The museum's security department, in particular, came back wrong. They had apparently resorted to cannibalism and murder during their time in their shelter, and all behaved very oddly on their return. Not only that but they showed signs of having become part of some kind of hive mind during their ordeal due to unknown factors. This led to their incarceration in the Hidden Wing, where escape should have been impossible, but escape they did, with one officer, Astrid, showing an unexplained ability to navigate the Hidden Wing and find the Wish Engine, where she wished that she and the rest of the security staff could go home. When they could not be found at their residences, it was concluded that they had gone to the place on the other side of the glassway in the security shelter, described as a desolate beach with no life. The glassway had, inexplicably, stopped working at this point, and so pursuit was impossible. Meanwhile, a search was underway to find the missing curator, which led multiple teams of museum retrieval agents through the other glassways following possible sightings of the curator during lockdown. One team, codenamed Raptor, encountered a strange creature called the Beast, which it claimed could lead them to the curator. While the guide was initially suspicious of the Beast, they became close, and the Beast shared the tale of its friend from when it was a cub. However, the Beast betrayed Raptor team, and slew them all, including their leader, Eagle, who had become the guide's friend, and it invoked the guide's true name, Misthome to prevent it from revealing this. It reveals that the friend the beast had mentioned was, in fact, the man with a voice like honey and chocolate and coffee, and that it believed that killing them was helping him. The guide attempted to mount a mission with the clockwork mother to confront the beast, but they were both captured by a group of strange people, seemingly fae. 
Their leader, who became known to the guide as Stranger, stole an enchanted bracelet from the mother, which had belonged to the witch Amina, and claimed they were taking the guide to meet the queen. Stranger took the guide and the mother to the summer keep, where they were kept prisoner for some time. Throughout their incarceration, Stranger returned often to ask the guide questions on behalf of important figures from throughout the queen's realm, the summer sun. These questions were frequently inane, sometimes concerning, and always deeply annoying to the guide, who didn't understand what the purpose of all this was. Eventually, though, it realised that the queen was the genderless parent to the man, and that they were afraid of him. Using this leverage, the guide met with the queen, and put some things together about the man and his history. He has an innate ability to learn others' names, through which he can then control them. He was to be the heir to the Queen's throne, but resented this and eventually left, travelling many worlds as a trickster and vagabond. The Queen wanted him to return and claim his birthright, and to this end gave the guide a magical bell. By ringing the bell, the guide could summon the man and force him to confront his parent. However, the beast, who still felt a twisted affection for the guide, intervened, and it, along with the guide and the clockwork mother, fled the summer keep. Before they could reach the glassway back to the museum, however, Stranger intervened. He set the forest alight and grievously wounded the beast, but the clockwork mother was able to drive him away by threatening to ring the bell and summon the man with the voice, perhaps the only person the fairies feared more than their queen. The guide and mother returned to the museum, but were forced to leave the dying beast behind. While all this was happening, the search for answers about the security department continued back in the museum. A mysterious man arrived at the museum, identifying himself as Professor J. Walter Montgomery, and claimed that his set of divining cards had led him there. He told a story of some colleagues becoming afflicted of a similar oddness to that which had taken the security department, which convinced the Mistome staff that the events might be connected. He led the head of retrieval and some of his agents, along with the guide, to a mystical library where all knowledge can be found, in order to locate a ritual which could lead them to the source of the hive mind. While they did retrieve the information they sought, the copy of the guide they had brought was abandoned there. It was rescued, bizarrely, by a subroutine presenting itself in the voice of the dead Agent Eagle, which emerged from the guide's digital subconscious to help it understand how to delete copies of itself. Back at the museum, Montgomery was told that he was not going to be the one to confront the source of the hive mind. The head of research, who was utterly obsessed with the wish engine and, and thus hadn't been paying attention to these events, revealed too late that Montgomery was a murderer, and that he had killed the colleagues who he claimed were taken by the hive mind. He held the head of retrieval at gunpoint and completed the ritual himself, whereby he was transported to a place beyond comprehension. However, this was not the place that the security officers had gone. This was the realm of a being, of pure knowledge, which sought to know everything. Almost instantly, Montgomery was absorbed into this being, although it claimed that this was the closest thing to a happy ending that Montgomery could have had. 
and this being told the guide that it was very interested to see where the guide's story leads. Back at the museum, the guide lashed out at the head of retrieval for his callous treatment of Montgomery, and the two parted on unclear terms. And I think that's just about everything. Oh, that, that, that was a lot. Uh, I, I hope that all made sense. Some of it definitely didn't. This is all way too complicated. Either way, hopefully you're caught up enough for the beginning of Season 6, the final season, the epic conclusion, etc. It'll be 13 episodes. I hope you enjoy. I'm so sorry for the wait. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.